Hey everyone, this is Steph. Welcome to our show. This is Mindful Chatter presented to you by Steph, Vincent, and Kathleen, three Hong Kong young professionals who are eager to explore the concept of mindfulness, both as a personal practice to cultivate mental well-being and as an interpersonal practice. Through heart-to-heart conversations about our own journeys and others' stories, we hope to share different perspectives and resources that will help you live a more mindful, peaceful, and meaningful life. On this episode, I will be touching on the topic of embracing the different ways in which we might experience emotion, specifically emotions when they show up as physical sensations in our bodies. I'm going to share some of my own experiences, as well as some empirical findings that I've personally found very interesting. If you like this podcast, the best way to support us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. You can also send this episode to a friend or share it on social media. I had a blast recording this episode, and I hope you enjoy listening to it too. I'm going to start off this episode from a personal place. From an early age, I began to notice that I experienced very strong physical sensations. These sensations came from eating experiences. So I had a weak stomach and I would frequently get carsick or feel like throwing up after breakfast. And they also came from emotional experiences. My emotions frequently manifested as physical sensations in my body. So like a knot in my stomach or tingling in my limbs. And these physical sensations from eating experiences and emotional experiences, they often felt very overwhelming, and experiencing them often felt like I was going to explode from the magnitude of the sensation. And in this way, I started to develop a sense of fear in response to these sensations, which in hindsight I realize played a significant role in the development of the eating disorder that I experienced in my teenage years. I realized that I had the tendency to want to escape my body when I would experience these strong physical manifestations of my emotions, and that one way to do so was to distract myself through another means that I experienced strong sensations, which was through my eating behaviors. And so putting myself through physical distress through denying my hunger or exercising despite injury was my way of averting my focus away from physical manifestations of emotional distress. When I first started my recovery journey from the eating disorder, I focused heavily on psychological healing. So I went to therapy and this helped me take big strides in terms of reframing my perspectives towards food and body. But it really wasn't until later in my recovery journey when I discovered mindfulness practices, such as focusing on the way that my breath moved through my body as I meditated, that I realized how important it was for me to make peace with the physical manifestations of my emotions in my process of healing. In other words, I found that healing from my eating disorder meant that I not only had to change my psychological state of how I interpreted the significance of food and body, but I also had to learn how to feel safe in my body. There are times in our emotional experience where we won't have the language to express ourselves verbally, or in my case, when the emotion will manifest in the form of physical sensation before it even registers in my mind. So like sometimes I'll feel anger as a bubbling sensation in my stomach, even before I cognitively register that I'm angry. And in these situations, I think we really need to learn to validate these physical sensations and sit with them, rather than try to escape 
or distract ourselves from them. In today's episode, I'd like to explore the scientific literature about physical manifestations of emotional distress and why we don't necessarily have to demonize this type of emotional expression. Second, why experiencing emotion in our body can be a powerful way of connecting with our intuition as long as we allow ourselves to embrace this experience. And to finish up, how we can start to befriend, process, and eventually make peace with emotions that manifest in our bodies. So let's start by talking about somatization, or the tendency to experience and express psychological distress through physical means. Early research done on the topic of cross-cultural differences in manifestations of psychological distress reported that Chinese individuals were more likely to report their distress in physical terms, and this literature problematized this way of communicating distress as a sort of quote-unquote silencing of actual emotional struggles. As in, Chinese individuals might choose to communicate their distress in physical terms due to cultural norms that stigmatize open discussions of mental health, and thus not communicate what they are truly feeling. And although this kind of somatization can certainly be traced back to high levels of stigma in Chinese contexts, studies conducted in more recent years propose that this tendency may simply represent a culturally specific pattern of symptom manifestation, as opposed to a denial or minimization of psychological symptoms per se. An interesting 2013 study by Deere and colleagues found that although Chinese psychiatric outpatients were more likely to endorse somatic symptoms compared to their Euro-Canadian counterparts, they also mentioned sentiments of emotional and social suffering. And so Deer and colleagues suggested that it was perhaps not so accurate to characterize the method of symptom reporting in Chinese individuals as quote-unquote somatization, in the sense that these individuals were trying to deny or suppress psychological symptoms, and more accurate to say that these individuals emphasized somatic symptoms, and that it would be just as fair for us to question why individuals in Western contexts tend to quote-unquote psychologize their symptoms, or focus more heavily on psychological aspects of their experience. I wanted to connect these findings back to my own experience. I think that there is a difference between using somatic terms in place of emotional terms and using somatic terms because it is the most aligned with your emotional experience at any given moment. For me, at least, embracing and validating the fact that some of my emotions may manifest in physical forms has been incredibly empowering and liberating. As I mentioned earlier, I'm someone who often feels emotions manifest in my body before it registers psychologically. And validating that emotions can show up for me in this physical way has been so important in feeling more at peace with myself and relieving the fear and wariness that I harbored towards my body. Again, note that I'm not suggesting that we should only describe our emotions in physical or somatic terms. I'm more so saying that there is room to explore different kinds of emotional expression and that there's no reason why we should see physical idioms of psychological distress as less healthy than expressing our distress in emotional or psychological terms. I also wanted to take the chance to bring in some interesting findings from a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, 
which touches on the ways in which individuals who have experienced trauma register these experiences in not just their minds, but in their bodies as well. In this book, Vanderkolk highlights some important connections between our mental and physical states. A point that struck me as particularly intriguing was the persistence of traumatic responses in the body long after the event itself had passed. Through his clinical and research encounters, Vanderkolk demonstrates that even after many years had passed since the initial traumatic experience, stressors or feelings that remind the individual of this experience continues to activate the person's fight or flight system, which is the alarm system in your body. Importantly, the activation of the system involves both emotional and physiological responses, such as feelings of panic and helplessness, as well as heart palpitations and sweating. In other words, our bodies are kind of like memory foam. Our experiences make impressions on their surfaces that can persist after we've gotten out of bed. We need to start giving our bodies much more credit for registering our emotional experiences. So what are some tangible next steps for expanding our emotional experiences and embracing different manifestations of it? First, allow yourself to feel all of it. Notice the thoughts and sensations and give yourself sufficient time to fully feel all of it. Second, explore different methods of channeling these sensations. You can choose to just sit there or you can listen to music that might help you feel this emotion in full. Side note, Adele's songs are a great companion for nostalgia and sadness. Or you can use any other method that works for you that might help you access the full spectrum of your emotional experience. Finally, practice communicating the different manifestations of your emotional experiences with other people and normalize all of these manifestations. Practice saying, I am frustrated. And also practice saying, this feeling is like a square. It's kind of sharp and uncomfortable to sit with. Alrighty, that's all I've got for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that this episode helped you explore different ways to experience and communicate emotion. And I would love to hear from you all about how emotions register in your mind and body. If you'd like to geek out on some of the references I mentioned in this episode, please check out the episode notes. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Thanks so much for listening to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe for more. If you could leave us a rating and review, that would help us so much in reaching more people who may benefit from this podcast. If you have any questions or feedback, please do drop us a line on Instagram at MindfulChatterHK or our Facebook page, Mindful Chatter. You can also reach us by email at MindfulChatterHK at gmail.com. That's MindfulChatterHK at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing you back here soon.